Section 84 of Canada, South America, Central America, Mexico, and the West Indies. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. The World's Story, Volume 11, Canada, South America, Central America, Mexico, and the West Indies, edited by Eva March Tappan. Section 84. A Visit to Artigas, about 1815, by W. H. Cobell. Fernando José Artigas became prominent in the Revolution of 1810. He was too independent to follow any leader and was soon outlawed. He then raised a force of gauchos, cattle drivers, and seized Paraguay. For five or six years he was dictator of the state, but in 1820 Francia overcame him and exiled him to Candelaria. The Editor J.P. Robertson, an English chronicler of the period, gives an interesting account of a meeting with Artigas. Assaulted and robbed by a band of the noted chief's adherents, he boldly set out for purification to claim redress. His words deserve quotation at some length. I came to the protector's headquarters, he says, of the so-called town of Purification, and there, I pray you do not turn skeptic on my hands, what do you think I saw? Why, the most excellent protector of half the new world, seated on a bullock skull at a fire kindled on the mud floor of his hut, eating beef off a spit and drinking gin out of a cow horn. He was surrounded by a dozen officers in weather-beaten attire, in similar positions and similarly occupied with their chief. All were smoking, all gabbling. The protector was dictating to two secretaries, who occupied at one deal table the only two dilapidated rush-bottom chairs in the hovel. To complete this singular incongruity of the scene, the floor of the one apartment of the mud-hut, to be sure it was a pretty large one, in which the general, his staff, and secretaries were assembled, was strewn with pompous envelopes from all the provinces, some of them distant some 1,500 miles from that centre of operations, addressed to His Excellency the Protector. At the door stood the reeking horses of couriers arriving every half-hour, and the fresh ones of those departing as often. His Excellency, the Protector, seated on his bullock skull, smoking, eating, drinking, talking, dispatched in succession the various matters brought under his notice with that calm or deliberate but uninterrupted nonchalance which brought most practically home to me the truth of the axiom, stop a little that we may get on the faster. He received me, not only with cordiality, but, with what surprised me more, comparatively gentlemanlike manners and really good breeding. The protector's business was prolonged from morning till evening, and so were his meals, for as one courier arrived, another was dispatched, and as one officer rose up from the fire at which the meat was spitted, another took his place. The general politely took his visitor the round of his hide huts and mud hovels, where the horses stood saddled and bridled day and night, and where the tattered soldiery waited in readiness for the emergencies that arose so frequently. When Robertson submitted his financial claim, Artigas remained as amiable as before. You see, said the general with great candor and nonchalance, how we live here. 
and it is as much as we can do in these hard times to compass beef, aguardiente, and cigars. To pay you $6,000 just now is as much beyond my power as it would be to pay you 60000 or 600000 Look here, he said, and so saying he lifted up the lid of an old military chest and pointed to a canvas bag at the bottom of it. There, he continued, is my whole stock of cash. It amounts to $300, and where the next supply is to come from, I am as little aware as you are. Notwithstanding this, Robertson then and there obtained some trading concessions that, he says, repaid him the amount of his claim many times over. Surely this picture reveals Artigas more truly than all the long-winded polemics that have raged about the famous Uruguayan. It is given by one whose sympathies were against the aims of the gaucho chief, and who has proved himself no lenient critic. Yet the description fits no mere cutthroat and plunderer. On the contrary, it reveals a virile personality, a thinker, and worker of a disposition that goes far to explain the adoration accorded him by his troops. Artigas, at the hands of the visitor who had sufficient cause for his ridicule, comes to light as a man, contemptuous of poverty, misery, and sordid surroundings so long as his goal remained as clear and distinct as it ever was to his sight. The picture is not without its pathetic side. It shows Artigas in the heyday of his power, yet even then hard put to it to supply his men with clothes and the common necessities of life. Imagine the calm force and philosophy of a being capable of governing more than a third of a million square miles of territory with the assistance of a treasury of $300. Nevertheless, these opera-boof conditions represented the highest point of material prosperity to which Artigas ever attained. For five years he ruled thus, grappling desperately with the invading Brazilian armies and resisting the efforts of the Buenos Aires forces to regain control of the four Argentine provinces that had espoused his cause. End of section 84. This recording is in the public domain. Recording by Dave Musgrove.